Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Companies to watch. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danka, Barrett Ejectish, and Ryan Huang with you. Let's uh, turn our attention to how you know, cryptocurrencies getting more and more in the news, more and more mainstream. Yeah, and we were just talking about how in Australia today it's been announced that there will be more regulations surrounding this oh, yeah, space. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the fact is that unlike other financial assets, we have to remember cryptocurrencies operate in a comparatively lawless environment, yep. limited protection for consumers against fraud, against manipulation. And in that vein, one particular company in Singapore has been under scrutiny lately. It's called PLMP Fintech. It's been involved with the freezing of tokens belonging to more than 2,000 investors in their exchange for nearly three years now. Wow. Well, let's find out more about this. Uh, Helping us out is Benjamin Chair, correspondent for the Business Times. Benjamin, good morning. How are you? Hi, good morning. Good. All right, so you, you covered an exclusive involving this uh, startup, PLMP Fintech, and this was started by a particular Peter Lim, but not the same Peter Lim we're thinking of, mm. not, the, not the billionaire yeah. uh, owner of Valencia Football Club. <laughs> yeah. what, what's the background behind this whole thing? Help us uh, sort of set the mood here. Yeah, so I think it started with the idea of being a SME incubator. So they, they launched Fintech in 2018, uh, along with six other... SMEs, which they wanted to bring bring to ICO as well. Mm. And the idea was that they would become a, a center for Bitcoin and cryptocurrency um, education where you know, investors go to, uh, to their office to learn and they could incubate SMEs in the same office as well. So how much interest did all of this garner from people? How, how much have people put into this? So I think what reporters say is what around 20 million US was put into this coin itself. So that's where it's about. Of course, uh, more than 2,000 investors bringing that kind of money in. Mm. Mm. So clearly, the company hasn't delivered, right? Everything that is, it has promised has not materialized. Yeah, indeed. So I think the six companies that they tried to bring to ICO, uh, all of them didn't reach the listing stage. And they had grand plans for education on their HQ, which they didn't do because their HQ has <clears throat> already been returned to the landlord. Mm-hmm. And they've been going to smaller and smaller offices since then. This this ICO that you're talking about, this is in relation to this uh, coin called Creatanium, if I'm pronouncing that right. Yes, this right. is correct, yeah. All right. So following that, PLMP also built its very own crypto exchange, uh, CMB DEX, in December 2018. How does this engage uh, users on the platform? How is it different from, I don't know, other competitors? So I think the big thing was that they had an over-the-counter service. Okay. So investors go into their into their office and you could just talk to someone and they have them you know, buy cryptocurrencies oh. for you at the counter. Okay. And I understand that on top of the launch of the exchange and the coin, it also tried to further develop its business through various activities. There was a tie-up with food court operator Kopitiam, mm. even a business direction switch from blockchain projects to property development. So clearly they were trying to make it all work. Tell us to what extent all of this actually worked clearly not very well, right? So what really went wrong here? So I think the Kopitiam tie-up was I think, the, the best like, apex of the success because at that point, that's when they got, got garnered the most kind of uh, publicity and awareness of what uh, what they're doing. But I think with the tie-up, it didn't really work because people weren't really looking to spend cryptocurrency at food courts. Mm. Uh, yeah. As for business switches, I think it's more of a, I, a fact that they didn't really focus on the, each business idea before they switch to the next one. So it's a bit of like, oh. they did 
Okay. And then a bit, then they, then they, you know, they move to the next one before they could really see any success in the venture that they were doing. Right, right. I, I guess a bit about knowing your customer also is not involved there. I mean, cryptocurrency, food court. Uh, Benjamin, so if I'm an investor, what are you hearing now? So what do I do? <laughs> What's next for me? What, what are you hearing on the ground? So I think in this case, the, the token is kind of stuck because you can't trade it on other exchanges and you can't liquidate them either. So you kind of like just start holding these holdings right now. Any recourse Ouch. available? I mean, I'm sure uh, investors associations are coming to the fore to say, hey, let's hold this company accountable in some way, shape or form. Are there any options? I think right now the only option is to make a police report because mm-hmm. I think Kim Bidex sort of falls outside of MS's purview now because they're no longer seen as a regulated entity. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but then if you make a police report, then you're probably going on some level of fraud that needs to be proven. And this is the problem with cryptocurrency because there's no regulation. When things like that happen, you really don't know what steps to take. Yeah, indeed. That's why I guess regulation is really going to be a big thing in the next few years for oh. cryptocurrency exchanges. Let's talk about regulation a little bit more because okay. we are seeing this happen in other countries as well, right? I mean, in Australia, it was just mm, announced mm, that this will be looked into more closely. The credibility of entities in this space, I think, generally is an issue. Uh, for example, there was another crypto exchange, Binance. It's been facing licensing hurdles here and several other countries. But recently, it announced that it will acquire a stake in a private securities exchange uh, called H. GX, I believe. They were recently granted a license. So to me, actually, this sounds like a loophole. If you are facing problems getting a license, acquire a stake in an entity that already has a license. Do you see this happening more and more? And should investors be wary of these sorts of practices? I mean, definitely, because it's the easiest way to overcome these uh, regulatory hurdles. But Mm. I guess these acquisitions are still subject to regulatory approval. Mm. So that's going to be a investor protection there. Mm. So I guess you know, if the regulators are good to go ahead, then investors should you know, rest easier. Yeah. In, uh, Benjamin, just as a, as a quick wrap-up, I mean, you, you're monitoring and you're looking at the sphere of cryptocurrency. In your opinion, where does this leave ambitions for Singapore to, to sort of build this uh, so-called global crypto hub? I mean, how far do you think we are away from this? I think these are still early days, I mean, that's the reason why all these global players are still kind of looking for home bases. So, okay. Yeah. So I think we'll see a lot more happening in the next few years. Mm, I guess it's only going to take a bit more time. Benjamin Chair, correspondent for the Business Times, helping us out this morning. Benjamin, thank you for your time. You take care and stay safe, yeah? Yep, thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.